No non-league interview, only non-league analysis. Welcome to the EFL Sesh podcast. And welcome back to another unstoppable session. Um, the FL Sesh Pod returns interview free this week. Normal service resumed. Just just bringing you straight down your face, down your throat. Analysis of transfers, games, prediction league, you name it. We've got it. Unless it's not one of those three things, in which case we don't got it. Um, Andy, you're here as well as I. How are you doing? How's things on this fine Monday? Everything's fine on this fine Monday, actually. Yeah, um, like, like you said, back to a bit of normality today. I'm mm. very excited for that. Um, obviously, a massive thank you to Brad Wellman last week for yeah. an absolute sensational interview. Really, really enjoyed it. Learning about his journey in America, how he pulled himself up the ranks and then is obviously, you know, doing some great work at Canvey and, uh, yeah, kept that relationship going. And, uh, yeah, spoiler alert, we've got more Canvey people up, lined up for more you know, interviews in the future, um, and also some more not different non-league teams. We might as well just call ourselves the non-EFL League Sesh Podcast at this rate, mate. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm loving it actually. Um, I, it, it's just a it's an extension of proper football. So, uh, yeah, well, anything goes. It's the EFL plus non-EFL, but not Prem podcast. There you go. It's a bit <laughs> less catchy that one, though. It's a bit less catchy that name. Yeah, we need to we need to probably go back to the drawing board in the design department and then think of a better slogan catchphrase <laughs> for that. But no, all good, mate. Um, very much looking forward to dissect some of the games this week. There's been some uh, been some very um, not a shocking results. There has been some shocking results, but also some very tidy performances and also potential spoiler alerts and very leaky defenses in some in some respects mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, really looking forward to it, mate. Yeah, same. Everyone's got the January jitters. Normally, normally it's a, a time of uh, nil-nils, but not so much anymore. Hey, that's pitches, that is for you. They're not yeah, mud absolutely. baths anymore. Now even, I was about to say, even Carlisle have undersaw heating, but do they? <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll look that up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring that hot news to you ASAP. Do Carlisle have undersaw heating? I'm not actually typing as I was talking there. I, I was... I was saying that as if I was, but I wasn't. But I will actually look that up now. Talk about and a good seg and a good segue to that, Joe. Mm. You can put if Carlisle have underfloor heating on X, and you can follow us on all of the uh, social media platforms and uh, give us the answer to that. So you know, follow us on uh, Twitter, on X, and Instagram um, at the EFL Sesh Pod. We always like the interaction. We're getting loads more interaction these days. Loads of replies, likes, retweets, and stuff. So that's really, really good. It's growing the following, which is awesome. Um, and uh, obviously, follow the EFL Sesh Pod on all the major podcasting platforms: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music all that lovely stuff um, or wherever you get your podcast share with everybody that you know um you know the last two interview pods we've had you know really have scaled us up and we've been able to get some you know our reach has definitely improved which is awesome right and we're growing our pod and just growing exactly what we love doing um so just keep doing that and uh, it's always massively appreciated five star reviews and as always positive reviews only otherwise joe will hunt you down that's everything mm. for me on the old social plugs, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like that Carlisle tease is going to really up the engagement as well. I think 
hundreds of thousands of fans flock to X to see if uh, if Carlisle, rather than just googling it, they won't do that. They will flock to X and 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 be on tender hooks for yeah, our uh, our. What would you call it? Do you call it tweeting? I don't know. Yeah, Is it tweeting, tweeting it's on X or Xing. I don't know. I have no idea. I'll do one or the other. Well, that was very. <laughs> I sound like my granddad. What was that all about? Uh, you could I, shaking my fist at a cloud as I was saying that. Um, that. Yeah. I now do know the answer, but I won't tell. Good. Yeah. No. Leave that. Leave that for the. Uh, leave that for the listeners. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's go straight into it. And as always, the managerial merry go round. And do you know what? It was quite funny because I was watching the EFL highlight show on uh, on on Sunday. Uh, they. For anyone who doesn't know, the EFL highlights are always on ITV4 on sun- Saturday at 9pm, but you can always catch you up on ITVX, little plug for ITV for some reason. But <laughs> they, uh, they they kept saying at the start of the show, managerial merry-go-round, clearly it's trending, Joe. Yeah, it, it, well, it's, it's unsurprising. The million, <laughs> you know, when you have millions of listeners like this, word gets around. Trendsetters. 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 But. We will look at the managerial changes because, as week on week, the FL never ceases to uh, amaze amaze us with loads of different changes. And the first one um, we wanted to talk about was probably the longest. I, I would love to know the longest like period of time between a manager getting sacked and actually them appointing a permanent manager. Because I don't know how many days it was for Burton Albion, but it, it felt like an absolute age until they actually appointed. But Martin Patterson is at the helm at Burton Albion. Not really sure anything to do with his resume. Um, again, seems a relatively young manager. 10th of May 1987 is his birthday. So quite a relatively young manager. Um, Burton are okay. They're not They're not the greatest. They're kind of mid-table um, in League One. But I, I don't know. I, I don't really know about this part. I can't really say much until I see the proof on, on the pitch because I don't really know much about his, you know, footballing education. Don't know if you have anything to enlighten us, Joe, on that. On Martin Pat, well, Martin Patson's managerial career is is basically nil. Um, <laughs> he he's sort of he's he's treading in um in our man's footsteps of uh, going to the uh, going to the states for a bit of coaching nice. uh, credential. Eh? He's assistant coach at the Tampa Bay Rowdies in twenty eighteen, nice. which is a sensational name. <laughs> um, and then he he sort of stepped up as well in um twenty twenty to be assistant manager at. Fort Lauderdale Club. Ah, that's interesting. What are you getting reaction live? So I was looking at it and I thought Fort Lauderdale CF, isn't it into Miami CF? Yeah, yeah. They were formerly Fort Lauderdale and ah. they are now into Miami. So what? Here you go. And and he was hired as assistant coach at MLS Club into Miami in January 2022. There you go. He comes very highly recommended from the US. He's he swum across the pond. Um, and then I know he was he was with um, Michael Duff at, at, at Barnsley as well, um, mm-hmm. late 2022. Um, I think he followed him to Swansea, but not sure how that worked out. Yeah, um, the, yeah I mean, yeah, so he doesn't have a great deal of, of pedigree behind him at, at that level, but he's, he's clearly got some coaching experience. Um, I don't know. Seems a bit... Seems a bit random, <laughs> to yeah. be honest with you, but we'll we'll see how it goes I, i'm distracted because i was desperately trying to find for you the uh longest amount of time without a uh without a permanent manager but 
that one's going to take a bit of digging, I think. That one, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll X that one out as well afterwards. Nice. Double there X. There's another. Good. Yeah. Double X. I love it. Um, it. It seems to be like, you know, these young coaches are coming through. We've obviously seen it with people like McKenna. We've seen it people like, you know, Luke Williams is quite relatively young, young coach. Um, they're definitely taking a lot more of a stab on, on younger coaches, definitely for the future. Um, just find it funny that he uh, traded the probably sunny seas and beaches of Miami. <laughs> Lovely Burton in Staffordshire. That sounds like a lovely trade-off, if I'm being totally honest. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> well, good luck to him. Hopefully he can consolidate Burton um, in the league. And and time will tell if that is a good appointment or not, if it was an absolute um, shambles. But at least they finally got a permanent person in, and uh, I'm glad for Burton. And then uh, before we started recording, um, I actually shocked Joe because mm. he didn't know about... Uh, the literal breaking news on the 15th of January 2024, but Flinney's gone from uh, Swindon, mate. Um, initial reactions for me is um, absolutely terrible December and January mm -hmm. in terms of results. I don't think, I think they only won once, lost six, I think, in that, in that time. Um, and the only team they beat was Forest Green, which, you know, no offense to Forest Green, probably my my nan's football team probably could uh, beat Forest Green at this rate. Um, but yeah, absolutely terrible um, run of form. Um, had a really great start, but I think you know they had Jake Young, one of the best, you know, one of the best probably loans <laughs> coming into the EFL um, from Bradford. Obviously, he's gone. The goals are dried up, um, and I think they've just been on an absolute torrid run of form. To be totally honest, and this you know i think we're seeing certainly this season it is certainly a results business and keeping in the league is the abs absolute like importance i think swindon any ch any kind of risk of going down but i think probably if they kept going their playoff chances were dwindling by the second so i think it probably is the right time to change i do feel sorry for them because i had a blasting start but they've just been terrible and they just couldn't buy a win the last like six or seven joe what about you yeah uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they were doing incredibly well at the start of the year and they have been pretty crap for a couple of months now, mm. which is, you know, it's disappointing. I I think I was doubly surprised, number one, by the fact that, yeah, you, you gave me that breaking news live. Yeah. Um, but number two, it, it seemed like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Who are we replacing him with? Like, mm. is, he, is he that bad? No, I don't think he is. And is no, that Swindon team that good in a very competitive League 2 this year? no i don't think they are yeah. so do i think they should be 15th no probably not but we're halfway through the season and they're eight points off the playoffs and is that you know a bridgeable gap yeah absolutely it is and you know there's absolutely no chance of going down so let's not even talk about that so i don't know i think this is a bit of a random one personally mm. i don't it feels a bit knee-jerk um maybe they've got their eye on someone already Maybe I'm just out of the loop. Maybe, yeah, they haven't looped me in on that one. Um, yeah, well, but... uh, that, that could be the case. Mm. And uh, they could have already highlighted someone already and then they, they're ready to come in straight away and it was a, maybe an opportunity they couldn't turn down. But give a bit of a shout out to the assistant manager or the interim manager, Gavin Gunning. What a name that is. I don't know why, <laughs> I just love it. Double G, Gavin Gunning, you know, absolutely sensational. 1991 date of birth as well so he's like uh -oh. he's what 20 uh, 32 that is so young or 32 33 like so young to be taking on like a league two side but you know good luck to him but 
you know, let's hope let's hope Gav can steady the ship until they find the right person in at the helm. But yeah, I, I, I I'm on the on the. I suppose Swindon have lofty ambitions. I think pretty unacceptable when you have six lists, six losses, and seven against you know not just teams around you. They're losing to teams like Tranmere, who you know I know they're on a good run of form, but you should be beating them where they are in the league, right? So it. it I can see your point of view absolutely. I don't think he's a bad manager at all, and I think he probably will be sought after by some other League Two sides and maybe League One sides. So I don't think he's got any risk of him being out of employment because I think he's shown that he can play good football. But he is a results-based business, and I think Swindon have just thought, well, we're eight points off the playoffs. Maybe a change might just give us that impetus to get there. To be fair, I I can't put myself in the shoes of of a League Two uh, owner at this rate, but that that could be their 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 kind of rationale behind the decision, Joe. Hmm. That's fair. Uh, there you go. Here's a hypothetical for you then. Oh, couldn't get that word out. Hypothetical. Nice. Um, if you were a League Two manager, yeah, you had a manager. You're not a League Two manager. You're a League Two club owner. You've got a manager. He's just lost ten of his last fifteen, but he's only been with you for thirty three games. And you are, you're not going to get relegated. You might get in the playoffs. Do you reckon you'd sack him? It's a real tough. It's a real tough one. Um, I think it seems harsh to do it, but how much loyalty is there these days in in football? You know, I don't there you know. Go. There you difficult... go. You're you're perpetuating the cycle. Andy would axe him. You cut yeah, the head off. And and a three more Flins would grow back. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair. What about he you? Also, Lord, uh, to be honest, I convinced myself that I would sack him when I said he lost ten of the last fifteen. But I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't like it that he's only had like thirty three games. There. I don't like appointing someone at the start of the year and then getting rid of them in January. Like, yeah. But then I can't back that up with any real reasoning beyond. I just personally don't like that. So, yeah. and I am not, unfortunately, a League Two club owner. So, yeah, although this might have swayed me, he he did his um, UEFA Pro license with Thierry Henry. So, nice. if he could get me in with Thierry Henry, he would he would definitely keep his job. Um, maybe he didn't. Maybe that's where he went wrong. Maybe he yeah. didn't offer those services to the uh, <clears throat> Swindon Town ownership. Absolutely, hundred percent. Well, that is a quite short um mm. go round for for normal standard, but I suppose that's a good thing because people aren't losing their jobs, which is a good. <laughs> if anything, we don't want to manage Romero Grand anymore because people are being cut. So you know that's mm. that's always a good one. But that is this week's manager Romero Grand, and swiftly on, we will go into the game review week, which is I'm very excited for. So we'll start off in the championship as we always do. And we'll start looking at the kind of immediate transfers that, you know, we're in the January transfer window now, ones that kind of, you know, are, are taking our fancy. Um, so from, from my perspective, I think, you know, there's, there's a few that, you know, since we last spoke, 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 spoke that <laughs> comes to mind. The first one, very clearly is the loan signing of Fabio Carvalho from Liverpool to Hull. Like, yeah. What is Hull's pulling power at the moment? Like they've, <laughs> they've literally like they, they are pulling left, right and center. Some absolute weldies on loan. Um, they got that Portuguese guy, Vinagre, Vinagre for mm. the season. They've now got Fabio Carvalho, Liam Delap from Man City, you know, 
some of them and and that and and um who is who is Benny uh the guy from Villa who's absolutely tearing up a new one in 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 whole this season I forget his name but he's he's unreal like he's just so so good so the, the fact that they can get Fabio Carvalho who was you know, don't get me wrong he was at Leipzig it like <laughs> the last few games or the last few months like top tier German like Bundesliga team. And now he's what, you know, the whole have just gone, yeah, why don't you come to Hull for like half a season? And and they said yes, which is, you know, good luck to him. And he's the kind of player that could, you know, consolidate their prom their promotion as a playoff push. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I thought he's a real bit of business, Joe. Yeah, that is an unreal bit of business. <laughs> he's looked good in the Prem in, in recent yeah. seasons, let alone in the Championship. So, and he has yeah, Champions was... experience as well. Oh, well, exactly that. Amazing with that Fulham team, right? Yeah. Exactly that. And actually, if, if you look through there, I, I was having a look at their squad earlier on. There are a couple of players in there that are exceptionally good players. Yeah. <laughs> you've got you've got the other Adama Traore, who is, yeah. he's not the Adama Traore, but he's still a beast. Um, you've got Aaron Connolly in there, another fantastic forward. Um, you throw in Carvalho at the back. You've got experienced names. Um, mm. And yeah, you've got Ruben Vinagre thrown in there as well. Um Again, Ruben, apologies for butchering your last name. There, we said it about five different ways there, so <laughs> hopefully one of them are right. Um, yeah, this whole team, whatever Liam Rossini says on the phone to him, he's, he's clearly sweet talking them all in. Gift and the gab, gift of the gab, my friend, absolutely. Mm. Um, the next signing, obviously, that strikes to me is um, Luke Ayling going on loan to Carrick Ball. Clearly, wanted a um time away from Leeds he wasn't really getting in the Leeds team but a player that's got Premier League experience knows how to play in the Premier League I, I to me I think if he's available on loan for half a season or for a year pretty much whatever team in the championship you take him so I think absolute no-brainer for Middlesbrough and uh I think this loan then I think once he finishes the loan, his um contract with Leeds finishes pretty much and it's not being renewed so I think pretty much that's his last uh uh, last activity in the lead shirt and you know Middlesbrough might be able to get him on free in the next in, in the summer. So I think to me absolutely no brainer. I think that's a quality signing from from uh from Middlesbrough and it adds to the the Carrick Ball uh the Carrick Ball repertoire he has it as his disposal. <laughs> yeah um, I think it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Experience. yeah yeah absolutely no brainer in my my opinion. Um Ugbo so Ike Ugbo goes to Chef Wednesday online from Troy's so was this the Ugbo that played at Cardiff last season? Oh. Like this season, I'm not entirely sure. Might not be. now. Now you're asking. Let Might me. Uh, I've seen the name. Double before. check. But what I've seen of him, and I've seen a couple of YouTube videos, and his, his stats, he seems pretty good. And I think that is a kind of signing. I think striker needed at Sheffield Wednesday. Absolutely need goals, and for me, it's a you know certainly worth a punt where they are in the table. Um, so I think, you know, to me, good signing overall. I think he's got good pedigree, so that's a good one. And the final one, I suppose, to to talk from my perspective is Victor Torp comes from Sarpsborg 08 to Coventry on a two and a half million, you know, euro fee, or he's probably around like 1.75 million on a four-year contract. I think seems got good it seems he's got good pedigree, good you know, good good defensive midfielder. I think it gives a nice bit of um, I think strength and depth to a Coventry side, which I think are really cooking right now. Um, and 
yeah, that that to me seems like a really good sign, and maybe like a statement signing from commentary in this transfer window, maybe one they've been, you know, scouting and looking at for a while. So I think very decent. Um, always like a good old defensive midfielder signing, like gives a bit of like stability to that team. Clearly, uh, Robbins has a style of play and a, and a spine of the team, and I think providing good quality either to the ones that are already starting or maybe as an immediate starter. Can't always, you know, it's not, never a bad bit of business. So they're the ones that kind of stick out to me from a, from a championship perspective, Joe. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> nice. I guess two observations. Ugbo is the same one um, yeah. as uh, of Cardiff fame. And uh, yeah, Victor Torp, unbelievable name. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah, um, yeah Victor Torp. That's Victor. it. That's my only observation of him. Love don't, it. don't really have any... I mean, very rare that I don't add value to a conversation, but um, yeah, I, I have nothing, nothing to, nothing to give. Nothing um, to give. Sorry, Torp. Seems to have scored a decent amount of goals in midfield, though. Eight and 43 for uh, Sarpsborg. So, nice. Yeah, that's not bad going, even if it is the Elita Serien. Um, again, <laughs> whole countries now getting in touch to tell me I've got gotten things pronounced wrong, but. Sorry, Norway. Yeah, give us a bell and I'll, uh, I'll create that live as well. Well, a good segue to talk about Coventry transfer business is actually Coventry are our game review of the week. So in the championship. So um, I'm going to be talking about Coventry versus Leicester uh, today. And um, yeah, a, a really, really good game. Um, a game that didn't really, it was a company, obviously it's a derby, right? So Coventry and Leicester, like Midlands derby, always going to have a bit of spice to it. But I think for me, this game highlights now that Coventry are clicking and Coventry are ready to go and are probably the team that most teams probably don't want to play right now. And I think uh, Leicester were, you know, pretty much the, I think Leicester probably wanted to play maybe like six, seven weeks ago or eight weeks ago, probably probably would have been an easier three points than now, but a, a, a resounding win for Coventry, but obviously didn't start very well. Pretty much nothing happened till 44 minutes in. Um, but then our big man, our tip for the player of the season in the championship, mm -hmm. Dewsbury Hall, gets a penalty. Um, you know, slots it away really nicely, to be fair. But did you see the challenge? Or, or did you see the challenge? It was a bit of a bit of oh, a crazy one. Yeah, yeah, it was oh. a bit of a crazy one. Um, it, it was, yeah, it was for me, it was a stonewall penalty. And then the guys like run, run. Uh, basically a massive collision and guys like foot is like at an angle like that and he just absolutely takes out takes out Dewsbury Hall um <laughs> in, from his legs and it was a stonewall penalty in my opinion so ah yeah. I, sorry to interrupt you Andy but I need, I need your opinion on this yeah yeah do you say Dewsbury Hall was the one that was fouled was he not no 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 was yeah, it? Yeah. it where do you stand on the person being fouled taking the penalty Good point. Yeah, I yeah. have very strong views on this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold them in my yeah. own head. I, I, knowing your me. view, I've probably got quite a similar view in the sense that if you're the one fouled, you're surely probably in a bit of pain. So why are you taking the penalty in the first place? So are you just putting it on to get the penalty and then just dispatching it? It's probably housery well, in my my opinion. To be fair, I you? completely agree. But I, I I'm less interested in how injured they are. I'm more interested in Again, gut feel doesn't feel right. It doesn't yeah. feel right when you see players miss penalties. It's because they, you know, they've they've got up. They're feeling a bit up for it now. They're like, 
get in. I've just won a penalty. I'm going to smash this away. No. Yeah. Take that emotion out of it. Win that pen. Pat on the back. Thanks for the assist, son. Give it to your Kevin De Bruyne and let him slide it in. Or, you know, the Leicester equivalent. Um, give it to your... Ooh, <laughs> which which one of these Leicester players are we going to call Kevin De Bruyne? Um, give it to your... Uh, I can't, I can't bring myself to say Harry Wink, so I'm going to say, <laughs> I don't know. Oh no, shocking! None of them are De Bruyne esque. I'm going to offend. <laughs> I'm going to well, offend De Bruyne. Insane, right? They are seven points clear at the top of the league. I guess. Okay, Cesare Casade, only yeah. because I vaguely remember us calling him out at the start of the year as well as a as a player to watch. Um, yes, he so. is Leicester's Kevin De Bruyne. He should have taken the penalty. Um, End of. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm glad that I've got that um, from you, and I'm glad to know that the reason is because you think they might be injured as well. I'd... <laughs> yeah. Normally, well, no, injured, yeah. just like her. You know, like she. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I don't well, mean. Yeah. Hurt. Well, the fact that you've gone up and then scored a penalty clearly means yeah. well, you're absolutely fine, aren't you? So it wasn't really a penalty in the first place. But yeah, I like that angle of it. Yeah. Okay. But um, more fuel but... to the fire. Sorry for interrupting. Carry no, on. No, no, absolutely not. You know, it was, it was a good question and a good, uh, good segue. Um. Before the half time, though, it then kind of came into life after the goal came in. And uh, Fatawi, we're talking about Fatawi. Um, funny enough, he, he, I think he stopped himself going to the Africa Cup of Nations because he wanted to obviously be still in the team at Leicester and, and spearhead their promotion or potentially title winning challenge. Um, but now he got a straight red card for an absolute horrendous challenge. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it, but it was a, it was, it guys was lost it. It was, it was an absolute shocker. It was, it, it was, statement yet red card straight off and now he's got a free match ban so pretty much that takes him past the africa cup i was gonna say you could go and link up with his afcon friends and uh <laughs> and, and and join up to the squad i wonder yeah. i wonder if you'd be allowed to do that obviously you submit your squads ahead of time but i wonder if somebody was injured he could replace them i don't know, yeah, I don't know how that works Maybe maybe a concussion protocol replacement maybe who knows you never mm. know that if someone gets concussed let's hope that doesn't happen though um and then half time happens only one nil. Probably Robins thought it's not bad. Half boys, it's all right. They're top of the league. It's fine. Like you know, they're down to ten men. It's time time to push on, and that's exactly what they did. Um, O'Hare, which I who I think is a very very decent player um, for for Coventry, certainly started to find his feet again. Um, scores on the 79th minute, so you know left it a little late to get an equaliser. But then Van is it Van Ewick or Van Ook? I have no idea how you say it, but he gets a goal on the 88th minute, and then O'Hare rounds off a amazing comeback to be totally honest and one that I think probably only Coventry and maybe a couple of teams in the league probably could have done to Leicester this season bear in mind of the form they're in get O'Hare gets a goal on the 94th minute to absolutely uh, seal the deal um, for me a great performance I think to me a a performance sometimes you know when teams go down to 10 men it's actually harder sometimes playing against 10 men because they always put their you know put all the men behind the ball and it's hard to break them down. But nice to see actually they utilised that and really, you know, went home and, and got the three points because it could have easily happened. Um, from the stats, generally, um, 14 shots for Coventry, you know, eight for Leicester. Obviously, they utilised the possession with the with the less man as well and beat them on XG. Um, six shots on target, three goals, 50% hit rate. You know, I always like a good stat like that, good old hit rate percentage. And uh, But the only probably downside of this game is that only five substitute shoes from both teams, three mm. for Robbins and three for Maresca. So need to get 
their act together from that perspective. But um, to me, Leicester won't take much out of that defeat. They're easily the best team in the league. They will romp probably this league. Um, still got a seven-point gap, even when Ipswich obviously utilised that, which was great. Um, but they won't take too much out of it. Fatawi being out for three, three weeks or two or three weeks based on his red card might be a bit of a shock to him, but they have strength and depth surely to, to, to replace him. So, um, but Coventry will take a lot of, lot of confidence, even more confidence than I already had at this game. And as I said, I'm quite glad that Ipswich don't have to play him in quite soon because I probably wouldn't want to, because I think Coventry are the real deal right now. What about you? Yeah, agreed. Um, covered a lot of bases there. I think, Leicester are still going to win the league. Sorry, everyone else fans. Um, <laughs> Coventry are very good and are exactly where you predicted them come at the start of the year. Really? You said sixth and they nice. are sitting in sixth. Um, throw and watch, disappointing. Only 32 throws in the game, 19 to 13 to, uh, to Coventry. And as you already nice. touched upon, substitutes were a complete mess. So our short king and Enzo Mresco need to sort that out for, for foreseeable um, games because that's not that's not good enough. Um, on the on the the subject of uh, your correct commentary placement, I am I don't know what's happened since the last time I well since the last time we we I went through it on the fourth of January, but you've been on an absolute tear up. All of the leagues are just settling into the pattern that you predetermined at the start of the year. You are only a mere one hundred and six places out in the championship, which. I that's, like 30 that. pl- that's like 30 odd places better yeah. than it was, wasn't it, last Honestly, time? without a frame of reference, these statistics are very difficult to quantify. But we have been, I think the lowest we've been so far is like 122. And it was you back in November. 106, nearly double digits, clo- close to nearly double digits places out, sorry, is yeah. astonishing. Um, oh. and, and overall, you are only 390 places out again contextless sounds terrible in context that is only the second time that we have been under 400 either of us the whole year and by a considerable margin as well so yes. keep it up if if league one and league two can catch up to your uh your championship prediction you'll be you'll be flying although Absolutely. i do think your yeah your reading top of league one prediction is gonna <laughs> hamstring that that effort but Hey, it's only twenty places. You still yeah. you can still get all the other hundred and something odd, right? Do real feel sorry for Reading right now. Like obviously their game got postponed or abandoned against Port Vale on a on the weekend due to fan fan protests against the owner. Um, I really feel for him, mate. If I'm being totally honest, they've yes. gone through an absolute miller, and I don't blame them in the slightest. I just hope that hopefully gets gets through to the right people, and and may hopefully that owner can go away and uh, they can give out, have their club back, mate. If I'm being totally honest, yeah, we agree. No surrender, die yeah. young, get out of their club. Like absolute joke. Shame. Although the FL Sesh podcast not sponsored by the FL, and I don't think we'll be sponsored by them anytime soon because my. Yes, my hatred of of the big wigs runs yeah. deep, and it's very personal. I think the, the the Reading experience currently feels very similar to something that uh, too many clubs have experienced in yeah, the last yeah. decade. Um, and what are they going to do to change it? Nothing. But there you go. Until we until we throw enough tennis balls, and then they yeah. will. <laughs> That so sounded true. more glib than I wanted it to be. Actually, keep throwing the tennis balls. That, that yeah, 
Absolutely. Fan power. Fan power to the max. Um, Let's go to the championship table then. So, as we said, alluded to Leicester, um, top of the league, uh, 65 points, still a amazing points hole for 27 games. Um, Ipswich go back into second place after momentarily being uh, third place after a great 2-1 win at home to Sunderland. Um, somehow still happening. It's it's mind-blowing. Great to see. Uh, I will be there. And next game I'm going is the West Brom game on the 10th of Feb, so I'm looking forward to that one. That's be a good game. Um, Southampton still creeping up, 55 points in third place. A um, little bit of daylight between them and Leeds now on 51, but both had really good results at the weekend. I think Southampton won 4-0 against Wednesday, and Leeds had a lovely 3-0 away win against Cardiff. Um, West Brom still cooking nicely under... Um, Carlos Corboran, uh, 45 points. And again, some daylight, but Coventry are now back in the playoffs where I think they probably, you know, if they keep doing what they're doing, they probably will stay, but we'll never know. But I suppose the thing to highlight is the <laughs> between 6th and 13th, there is only three points. <laughs> this wild. is what you call like a massive mid-table shuffle. But even like even there's eight points between 6th and uh 18th in blackburn in 18th so that's only eight point difference right so you know we said about an eight point difference for swindon in the playoffs this season you know it seems like it's anyone's game whoever wants that last playoff place or that fifth and sixth place is pretty much up for grabs if you can go on a bit of a run mm. well blackburn um, don't want it four losses yeah. in the last five and 18th that's bad news blackburn definitely <laughs> at the moment and with smodix out as well that's just even more of a disaster mm. um and then the role evolution, as I would like to call it, is uh, <laughs> is happening at Sheffield Wednesday. Tw- still twenty second, but only four points now off uh, off off the relegation, which I couldn't believe at the start of the season. To be honest, the way they started, QPR another loss. I'm really struggling to see any any route for um, QPR. I think the Marty Sifuentes bounce probably is a little bit over now, and let's <laughs> see what happens. Um, and then Rotherham. Um, Liam Richardson or Liam, whatever you want to say, mm. um, not doing too bad. They're not losing lots, they're drawing lots, but they're still eight points adrift at the bottom of the league in 18. I think, I think that's where they'll stay, to be totally honest, Joe. Yeah, I mean, we actually both agreed that this is the bottom three for the championship. Yeah. Oh, no, we didn't. I lie. This is my bottom three. You swapped out, um, Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth, uh, which okay. actually I'll let you off, but that's fairly sensible. Yeah, it's only eight points, not too bad. Mm. It's a gap. Um, but that is the championship. So, Joe, can you scoot us into League One? Um, talk about transfers first, Joe, mate. <laughs> yes, consider yourself scooted. Um, yeah. I've got four interesting transfers to talk about for League One um, that caught my eye over the last couple of well, days and weeks. Um, first one, Connor Coventry mm. from West Ham to Charlton. For yeah. uh, for an undisclosed fee, I, I didn't know whether you would be able to give us any any insight into Connor Coventry. Yeah, Being good player, West Ham man. Yeah, good 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 player actually. He came through the academy and uh, was he has played a couple of games in the um, Conference League last season. I think when we were playing some minnow mm. teams and looked half decent. To be fair, um, I think he's had a, maybe one or two different loan spells um, away from us. But I've always rated him as a good central midfielder, and I think pretty good business from uh, Charlton. If I'm being totally honest, I think when you've now got Coventry, you've got Backinson now in that team. I think, yeah, I think they're pretty, getting a pretty good spine there. So, yeah, you know, I think in my mind, I think good luck to Coventry. He's, he, I don't think he was anywhere near the first team from our perspective. We had, you know, we've got some 
yeah, we've got some really good players, but I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a certainly good signing from Charm's perspective. So half decent player, to be fair. Mm, very good. Half decent, not full decent. He's only half decent. But, uh, <laughs> full decent, yeah. Half yeah decent. Well, Charlton could do with all the half decent players they can get. To be fair, Appleton's flailing around like nobody's business. So, yeah, okay. We shall wait and see. Um, second one on my list: Aloni from uh, from Norwich Northampton. Tony Springett. Um, an interesting one. He spent a bit of time at Derby last year on loan as well. Um. I think he only made 10, 11 performances, and I'm not entirely sure he scored any goals either, which for a forward isn't ideal. But um, not a bad player. And actually for Northampton, who have been doing unbelievably well, very quietly this year in, in League One, um, main problem being they don't really score many goals. Um, 26 played, 32 scored, 34 conceded. So considering they're ninth, that's quite astonishing, really. So hopefully he'll come in and uh, perk them up, perk up that attack. Um Third, penultimately, Lyle Taylor makes an interesting move from uh, from Wickham to Cambridge on a free. Um, I've seen Lyle... I mean, whenever you hear Lyle Taylor, you think of his glory years a few years ago where he was actually shredding uh, League One and League Two defences for, for fun. Um, an unsuccessful foray into the championship is now seeing him slide down the leagues. And actually, he wasn't really getting a lot of time, playing time at, at Wickham. So maybe, you know, the move to Cambridge will, uh, and all of their attacking options will um, revitalise his uh, his career. He's still a good player. I've seen him play this year, actually, in, in person. He's still a pretty tidy footballer. Um, maybe just needs that confidence, getting into the Cambridge team, a little run, getting a few goals under his belt. Um, we shall see. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm always, I don't know. I, I'm always a bit dubious of like intra division transfers and loans when it's two teams who are in very similar positions. Wickham and Cambridge, same points, thirty points each. Um, not entirely clear, you wouldn't say, of a relegation scrap. Although it's looking unlikely. Hmm. Is is transferring strikers between the two of you the best? Uh, the best maneuver potentially not but uh yeah. we shall see we shall see and, and then look what, happened, finally, look what happened with jake young you know jake young with bagford mm. and swindon right that's literally that's a fantastic a example, example. Isn't it? yeah mad that's yeah um well look at that pulling out some EFA. it's always as if we know what we're talking about andy <laughs> and then and then finally and this one i think is a rip-roaring signing harry lewis from uh from bradford to, to carlisle Last year, really, two runaway goalkeepers in League Two was Lawrence Vigaru for the Mighty O's and Harry Lewis at Bradford. Um, I believe, I mean, undisclosed fee, there was clearly a fee involved. Bradford fans, furious yeah, at yeah. this move, understandably. I mean, I don't think it's too far to say he's one of their best players in goal. Such a weird lack of desire from Bradford, mm. but a real statement from Carlisle, who... A, a, you know, I know six points off safety, so but only halfway through the season, so they're not like completely cut adrift, but not beyond the realms of possibility they get relegated. Harry Lewis in League Two is is a proven winner, so yeah, yeah. that's a great bit of business, and he's clearly up to it in League One, in my opinion as well. So that's a fantastic bit of a bit of transfer business for yeah for a team that maybe you wouldn't expect it from, maybe you would have expected him to go somewhere else, but clearly Carlisle had the package. And maybe they have the underscore heating. We'll never know until you log into X and, and follow us. Um, and I tweet that out in the coming days. Love um, it. Love it. But that's your transfer roundup. There's your four. Pick of, the, pick of the best. Yeah. 
Hundred percent, mate. And uh, you're going to be talking to us. And, and again, it's quite rare we actually talk about our own teams on this pod, but we can't can't ignore the absolute gunslinger of a result for Leighton Orient this weekend, Joe. And you're going to talk to us about it, mate. I, uh, you might have noticed I've been particularly peppy this episode, and this is exactly the reason why Orient just remembered how to play football again. Like 13 points out of the last 18 available, and culminating in this Saturday, turning over the league leaders 3-0 away from home, Leighton Orient 3, Portsmouth 0. Um, I'll give you the, the blow-by-blow and then I'll give you my reaction. So, yeah. first half an hour, nothing happens other than Orient dominance, um, which manifests itself into a Shaq forward goal after 30 minutes. Unbelievable assist, the sort of no-look reverse pass from Max Sanders into Shaq forward, one touch, left foot, see you later, goal, 1-0. Second goal, so you go from that artistry, five minutes later, Jordan Brown, one of the most comical goals you'll ever see, corner swung in, sort of goes through everyone, centre-back, Dan Happy, smashes the ball goalwards, comes off Jordan Brown's arse, goes the other way, banger, 2-0. And then he had the audacity to celebrate as well, sprints yeah. off to the corner flag, big knee slide, outrageous <laughs> scenes. But hey, you've just bagged yourself a goal, two nil, um, mm. in classic Orient fashion. Five minutes later, we're still on top at this point. Five <laughs> minutes later, give away a penalty. Why not? Just you know, throw away what we worked so hard to gain. And you think, oh, here we go. Golby Bishop steps up, places the ball on the spot, takes quite possibly the worst penalty I've ever seen. I could have saved <laughs> so it. Bad. I could have saved it from Saint Nick. I I could have gotten a train down to Portsmouth. Popped in goal, saved it, got on a train, got back and watched it on telly. Terrible, <laughs> barely kicks it. But yeah, also Solbrin, street keeper, what a player. Remains 2-0. And then you think, right, top work, fellas. Let's get into halftime, 2-0 up and, and really shore this up. Dan Agye or Dan Agye or whatever. I, I forget how he pronounced his last name. Sorry, Dan, get in touch. 45 plus five, another corner, swung in, this time... It's actually a good goal. Headers it in. Roof of the net. 3-0. Dreamland. Dreamland. Um, second half comes and goes, really. Turns up. Loads of substitutions. Your, your string of bookings for Orient at the end of the half for time-wasting. Um, Piggott, Prattley and Brown. <laughs> good big, old pig. Yeah, big, big. Yeah, the angry pig still <laughs> continues to get absolutely nothing going in assists or uh, or goals. But my word, will he fly up the the bookings table um and and then it's game over 3-0 Portsmouth fans very unhappy because they've been in a bit of a stinking run of form recently but Orient fans dreamland I'm afraid uh subs watch Orient 4 Portsmouth 3 so not ideal but I'll let them off uh throw-ins watch 26 to 20 to Portsmouth but that's because Orient play all their football on the pitch Mm -hmm. um and I'll be honest but best result of the season, I reckon. But also, lots of people saying one of our best away performances in a very long time. Um, I'm happy. I'm a happy chappy. I'm, I can I'm, tell. I'm buzzing with that. And uh, it's amazing what a couple. Of, I'll tell you before Christmas that game against Cheltenham that we managed. We we, we won two one in the most unjust game of all time. We should have lost that game. I thought even after winning, what are we doing here? Like we are, we are on the ropes. Like this is a bad team, and then 
seven, five days later, we let in three goals in nine minutes against Bolton. And you're thinking, okay, we sat Wellens at half time. Since that goal, I don't think, well, I don't think we've been behind. Um, well, we can't have been behind because since that goal, we haven't conceded. What? We're, we're on fire. We're on fire. Bring on Bolton at the weekend. Don't bring on Bolton at the weekend, though, <laughs> because they're going to bring us back down to earth with a serious bump because Bolton are quality. But yeah, things are looking up. Things are rosy. Things that are rosy. Absolutely. Yeah, honestly, when I saw the result at half time, I sent a screenshot to you. I went, what the F is happening here? Yeah. It's unbelievable. That also, to be fair, I think that was every Orient fan in the world sending that to each other. <laughs> the 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 brown the brown goal, right? Honestly, like <laughs> most Sunday league goal, it's outrageous. The, and it, you know, you'd I I would I'd let it pass because you, you think oh ball's bouncing around the box. It's the celebration. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. I. Oh, I can't I can't get over it. You'd think he scored like 30 yard worldie <laughs> from outside the box. Oh, oh unreal. Oh, honestly, it's, it's it's stuff we absolutely love to see on the EFL mm. Search Pod. If you're gonna score a scrappy Sunday League goal, absolutely go down to the corner flag and do the longest knee slide in the <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, if I scored a goal in professional football, I'd lose <laughs> my mind. So yeah, who am I? Who am I to say this? Yeah, top off. Into the crowd, <laughs> a consolation goal and a seven-seven-one defeat. I'd be straight yeah. in, blowing kisses. The lot. Oh, I, do you know what? There's nothing else to say here. I think. If you, yeah, like, fair play. Brilliant. I'll, let's I'll, let's go to I'll the table, Joe. Yep, I'll give you the table. So Portsmouth, despite their humbling, remain top on fifty-three points. Although I'll say all of these positions with a pinch of salt because the Christmas period has done a number on League mm. One in terms of games played. You've got teams on 27 played, Bolton have played 24, a mishmash of teams on 25 and 26. So, yeah, it's, it's still coming out in the wash. But, yeah, Portsmouth still sit top on 53. Um, a point behind and a game played less behind are Peterborough on 52 points who have been, again, quietly resurging in recent yeah. weeks. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, and have gone from a team that couldn't buy a goal to just banging him in at will. Um, mm. Bolton in third, dangerous looking Bolton as well. 51 points, but played three less games than Portsmouth, who are only two points ahead of them at the top of the table. So Bolton are lurking. Um, Derby, yeah, 49 points, 25 played, looking really good value for money in fourth at the moment. Um, Oxford still keeping pace, much to... Everyone, including my surprise, also on 49 points, although having played a game more than Derby. Big Des um, doing his uh, magic as always. He is, yeah. I, I I can't believe I thought the Liam Manning departure might knock him off course, but absolutely not. Um, and then Barnsley in sixth on 46 points, having played 25 games, again in, in top form. Um, Stevenage, shout out to Stevenage, annoyingly, also yeah. on 46 points. They've played a game more than Barnsley, but it, I'll tell you that the, the thing about Steve Evans, never loses two games in a row. Hmm. You lose one, your next game, it's a draw or a win. And you do all that work to get up there, then you've got to stay there. And at the moment, he is staying there. So 46 points for for them in seventh. And actually, there is now a bit of a gap forming between Blackpool in eighth, who are four points behind, and Northampton in ninth, who are nine points behind. So a little breakaway pack, actually, at the the top of the table. Um, can, can we say? Can we say though? Mm. So Stevenage went up seventh mm. in the league. Mm. Northampton went up ninth in the league. Leighton Orient went up 
tenth yeah. in the league. That's a real good advert for League Two. That yeah, you can actually mount a challenge or do you know do pretty well in your first season. In I'll league. tell you, it's funny you say that because I think a lot of people have been noticing that in recent weeks as well. That maybe actually Stevens really the only team to hit the ground running. Um, yeah. all three of Northampton, Orient, and Carlisle had shaky starts to say, yeah, well, to be to be generous. But actually, it's a real. It's a real advert for League Two, and actually, I, I really strongly believe it is because the of the quality of the national league itself as well. Yeah, it is so difficult to get out of these leagues. Um, yeah. not because it is good all the way through, but because to get into that top ten, that top six, that top three, you have to be quality. You and have consistent. to be really good. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you you get into the next division, and you realise, oh, this isn't quality all the way through either. There are six, seven, eight teams who, once you get used to it, because the, the 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 pace is the same, the power is different. The 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 League One is a stronger division than League Two in terms of just yeah. physicality. As soon as you get used to it, you start playing your football again, you get results. I think that's a banging shout actually. Stephen Angelfanton, Orient, all three in the top ten after Christmas. I don't think many people would have had that on their uh, on their League One bingo cards. Absolutely, completely. And then finally, let's do your relegation zone. Reading sit in 21st on 23 points, um, having played a couple of games less than those around them. Much bigger things going on at that club than where they sit in the league mm-hmm. currently. Um, Cheltenham, 23 points, three points off safety, which is <laughs> seems miraculous from where they oh, were really? a couple of yeah. months ago. Um, and still um, and winning games as well. Um, one at the weekend against, uh, against... No, they didn't win at the weekend. They actually played... Their last game was against Portsmouth as well, actually. So double whammy. Sorry, Portsmouth yeah. fans, just recalling <laughs> another loss. Um, Carlisle on 20 points, bit bit further adrift, six points adrift um, in, in 23rd place. Um, yeah, not not looking great. And Fleetwood, rock bottom, 18 points. Charlie Adams at the wheel. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, see. we'll see where that goes. But... Um, yeah, that's your lot. League One, another exciting division. It, it less less uh, competitive, I think, than the Championship, but a lot going on in that sort of middle of the table block. Um, couple of it, the the peloton, if you will, trying to trying to break away, catch the uh, catch the outriders. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And uh, yeah, no, it's 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 certainly it definitely isn't. A, there is a kind of like a little bit of a gap there between the. Mm playoff and the kind of 10th or 11th place where you are so mm. it could be kind of a consolidated kind of top eight and see what happens and everyone's fighting for the spot so exciting times um mm. league two so let's go into league two and i'm looking at some of the signings and i don't really know too much about them really um uh, there's not really many that come to but i will talk about um Tommy Simpkin, he's come from Stoke, goalkeeper, quite a promising goalkeeper from what I've seen. Young one that's come to Forest Green. I think that's exactly who they need. Um, young, kind of good quality goalkeeper coming in to stop the goals cut, you know, being shipped in clearly at will mm-hmm. at Forest Green right now. Um, so I think that's a, that's a half-decent signing. I think that would, that would be decent. Um, I suppose on the goalkeeper front, Archie Mayer's come gone into gone on loan to Morecambe from Norwich. Again, a young, young upcoming goalkeeper. Um, seems to be doesn't seem to be much, you know, much you know, business happening in League Two at the moment. Mm. Maybe teams are consolidating themselves. There's a lot of players that have come, you know, come back to their parent clubs on loan, so maybe there might be a flurry in the uh in the uh season coming up. So I won't dwell too much on transfers in League Two, but it's always the people's league. And 
the game we're going to talk about pretty much sums up why it's the People's League, to be totally honest, because we're going to talk... Yeah, we have talked about Notts County a couple of times in this league, but they just keep serving up absolute goal fests. Mm. And uh, hey, Grimsby... <laughs> Sorry, Joe. No, no, no. I was just going to say, you're exactly right. Notts County are our most talked about team on the Mad. pod so far this year. Yeah. Well, clearly clearly we were, we were in love with... Uh... Uh, Williams are now uh, clearly, <laughs> clearly. Uh, was it O'Brien? Is the manager? He is yeah, Jim yeah. O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, is uh, clearly he's like tickling our fancy certainly. But <laughs> let's talk about um, Grimsby, Notts County. Um, I've just five walked, all. actually. Grimsby were on last week as well. Love that. Yeah, Grimsby. They were a debutant last week and they've had a a rapid fire second appearance. Oh. Well, we we, we do say Carry on. Yeah. we do we, yeah. do sound, we do say on the pod Agreed. if you score as many goals, the highest scoring game will always get picked. So yeah, you know, entertainment provide over the excitement. Quality. You get the review. Do you Absolutely. say entertainment over quality? That's no, no quality, quality over quality. <laughs> well, maybe quality and entertainment in both packages. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. Nice. <laughs> um, well, this game gets straight into straight into gear. Uh, Grimsby go one 0 up. Rose gets a penalty. Not the Danny Rose, is it? It's a different Danny Rose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> a key distinction. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's crack mm. on. Um, uh, then yeah, gets a nice penalty. Slots it away. Seventh minute. Then fifteenth minute. Um, Isa gets his first of two in the game. Um, make it two nil. Um, and then. Uh, Joe's favourite man, David McGoldrick, yeah. makes it 2-1. Um, you know, absolute big man. And then um, Macaulay Langstaff. Um, I don't think we've talked about him enough, but 20 goals already in League 2 from, you know, he scored like 45, didn't he, last season in the mm. National League. I've just got to, you know, clap him, mate. It's unreal returns and showing that you can do it in League 2. Like, if you look at, you know... Paul Mullen, obviously he scored like 30-odd goals, 35 goals in the National League last year. He's just hit double figures this season. And and Langstaff is double that at this stage already. And if if, if no team is looking at him, like, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if Willie, Luke Williams gets him at Swansea. I wouldn't be in the slightest surprise mm. because he's clearly showing he can do it pretty much at any level at the moment in, in, in the EFL. He's already got 20. He's already tearing it up. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with 30 at the end of the season, if I'm being totally honest. He's just an absolute goal machine. So, um, makes it you know firmly poised at uh, two all at half time. And we thought maybe Grimsby been on a K form, but not the best form overall. They thought, okay, well, we're not scary good. They're, they're up there in the league. Let's try and maybe consolidate. Hell, they did that. They didn't do, they did the absolute opposite. Um, Clifton uh, gets in on the uh, 52nd minute to make it 3-2. Um, and then uh, Nemain uh, gets a goal on the 60th minute to make it 3-0. So, you know, 3 all still a staggering scoreline in the in, in in most cases in the AFL. But no, it's still still happening, uh, still going. 62nd minute, Isa gets his brace to make it 4-3. Um, and then Nemain thinks, oh, well, I want to get on the brace too. So he gets a second to make it 4 roll on the 79th minute. Uh, and then two goals um, in in a garbage time. David McGoldrick thinks he's won it on the 92nd minute to make it 5-4 to Notts County. And then Wood thinks absolutely no chance. 95th minute, literally last kick of the game, a 5 all draw. Um, yeah, it was hard to kind of keep up with it, just speaking about it now. But what a game of football. 
defense was absolutely um, not happening. It was certainly thrown <laughs> in the bin for this game, but absolute entertainment in abundance. Um, can we just say, Jody Jones gets four assists in this game. Four assists. Absolutely sensational stuff. So uh, even before the game, he was top in the EFL for assists with 12. Yeah. Um, add those four. He's currently on 16 assists for the season. <laughs> His closest competitor is Dan Kemp with eight assists in League Two. Yeah. And in the entirety of the EFL, Adam Armstrong has 11. And so, Lee Davis is close, isn't he? he must yes, be he has 10. Yeah. Oh, yeah. get your Ipswich knowledge out. Well done. Love um, it. Yeah, Jody Jones, rampant. He's the, there you go. He, he could have been my Kevin De Bruyne earlier if he played for Leicester. <laughs> But... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the stats for this game were, to be totally honest, absolutely nuts. Um, if we look at the uh, possession stats, 42% in uh, 58 in favour of Notts County. Uh, an XG for both teams, Grimsby 3.11 and XG of uh, 4.17 for Notts County. Um, so pretty much true to form, really mad. Um, 41 shots in the game, uh, 18 on target. But we, the thing we love to see is, uh, you know, Nine shots on target for each team, five goals. That's higher than 50% hit rate, to be totally honest. So very, very good. Things we love to see. Um, substitution watch, uh, five for Artel. So big up Artel. Um, pretty much getting all of his done. Uh, there's a couple of 90-minute garbage um, ones. But Wood comes on actually for Artel and gets a goal, right? So that is absolute masterstroke of a uh, substitution for uh, for for Artel when... Only three from O'Brien, so you know as much as we were waxing lyrical about you at the start of the start of the game, mm. uh, you know get more subs on. Joe, what was the throwing watch for this game, mate? Yeah, throwing count thirty nine overall. So I tell you, it's oh. been a low, it's been a low week all round. Clearly, the uh, yeah the 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 winter weather sort of made everyone want to keep the ball on the pitch, do a bit of running around. Um, twenty three sixteen in uh in Notts County's favour, so they'll be disappointed not to get the win off the back Absolutely. of that. Um, well, they thought they did and would. Well, exactly. Yeah. Would spoiled the party. Um, a couple of things. Notts County, the first to 60 goals, the first to break the 60 goal barrier this year after 27 games, Nuts. which is astonishing. <laughs> More than two goals a game they're averaging. So great value for money. And then on the flip side of that, the 52 goals they've conceded, <laughs> nobody in the Football League in, well, sorry correction nobody in league one or the championship have conceded more than that and only three teams have let in more than that in league two those being swindon also massive goal scorers and conceders just sort of three sheets to the wind when it comes to defending um colchester and sutton who uh are unsurprising candidates for that that uh that little piece of history considering they're 22nd and 23rd respectively so yeah notts county a good value for money you get from that ticket, I have to say. I mean, what is the price for a Notts County home ticket? Let's have a quick, uh, a quick check on the old uh, Notts County website. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll there you go. I'll make it a hat trick. This will yes. be the third thing I x out about later on. Um, I'm not going to tell you, Andy. Give, give us a table. Give, give us the yeah. Give us the table. Yeah, absolutely. With um, with glee. So. First place, we have Stockport still at, still at the top on 54 points. And uh, might I say it, Wrexham are second in the league, 52 points, only two yeah. points away with a game in hand. Uh, Mansfield, the statistician's dream, are um, third with 50 points. 
Barrow, who continually um, surprised me on a week-to-week -week basis. You've got to love them. Fourth on 49 points. Crew, who've been there or thereabouts pretty much all season. Fifth place on 47. A little bit of a gap for Notts County, as we've alluded to. The goal and conceding machines um, on 43 points. And we love to see it. Big Mike Williamson working his magic at MK Don's yes. seventh place and with two games in hand as well. So with the two games in hand, they could end up uh they could end up fifth at that point if they win their both games in hand um and, and have a bit of a gap between them and Notts County. So who knows? But Mike Williamson, absolute work in his manager. The Gateshead dream is now at the will at MK Don's and steering it to perfection at the moment. Things you love to see. And uh, probably not no surprise is the two two teams <laughs> twenty four seems to be we talk about them every mm. single week. But uh, Sutton, uh, do I believe they got two all draw at the weekend? Did they, they did, yes. Yeah. Got a point on the board, pulled yeah. themselves clear of Forest Green by a point. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, nineteen nineteen points for Sutton and Forest Green um, on eighteen. Colchester, um, unbeaten under the Cowleys, two draws um, at the moment, I think, isn't it? Uh, so yeah. that's not bad at all from them. They're already six points clear of Sutton. I know they've got two games in hand, Sutton, but I think at the bottom, you'd rather have points in the bag rather than games in hand, as we always mm -hmm. say. So uh, Cowleys already steering, hopefully Colchester away from uh, away from any danger. So that is the game route review. Um, uh, lots to dissect there, but a, a good one. And I think it's starting to show... Like it's it's weird now. Like we've obviously started this podcast in like end of July, early August, and we're with twenty seven games in. It's mad, isn't it? And then that's over half the season done, and uh, we're starting to see definitely the table take shape. And I'm all here for it, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Long may it continue. You predicted what I was going to say. You said absolutely, and I said absolutely. Yeah, we're in, I... we're in simpatico. We spent too much time together. Clearly. <laughs> Uh, you know, it. I was going to say the A word again, but I shouldn't do that. Um, we'll, <laughs> we'll swiftly move on and um, we'll have a little bit of a comfort break because you probably got bored of mine and Joe's like dulcet tones for a long time. Um, but we will be back with the um, Predictions League, which is obviously a fan favourite and a uh, and a Canvey Island update. We'll see you in a moment. <laughs> Welcome back from uh, from your break. Obviously, the break for us much longer than the break for you. But I hope you've enjoyed the uh, the interlude music. And um, we haven't kept you waiting too long for the predictions league. And uh, I've got a confession to make: it wasn't just Orient's fantastic performance, the rout of Portsmouth, which uh, had me in such good spirits this episode. I've been desperate to get to the predictions league because, well, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. Maybe I've done well. Maybe I haven't. We'll see. Um, I'm gonna dive straight in. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a recap. So our championship game from last week was Ipswich versus Sunderland. Ipswich, what was that? When Shwish, Steve, Shwish, when Shwish. Was, yeah, when it was Steve McLaren on you. Um, I I, I was confident Ipswich two Sunderland nil. Andy, you bit bit dubious. One all you went for two one the result. So combine our scores and we would have got max points. But instead, the one for me. The none for you, unfortunately. Um, our championship game, Reading Port Vale, was postponed. Um, once again, power to all the Reading fans and get lost, die young, clown. Um, mm. Moving swiftly on, postponed. That means nil poire. Um, League two, Sutton versus Barrow. 
Andy, you went for a 3-1 Barrow win. I went for a 2-all draw. Nice. And what was the result? 2-2. Love it. So it is a, a miraculous three points for me. And if I'm correct, the only score, or the first score, no, the only score, I have predicted bang on since the very start. So I'm I'm on top of the world. That's four, four points I've I've scooped up this week. Um and what's made that even better is you've got none. So I've I've made up some of the enormous gap. I mean I'm still six points behind. So I'm gonna need a few of these weeks, but yeah, roll on well, match day twenty eight, game week twenty one for us because I'm on fire. I can't be Love stopped. It. I presume these predictions combined with Bolton Wanderers are going to make next Monday's session <laughs> a much more subdued one. But I'll, uh, I'll live it up until then. So I've got the uh, predictions for next week. for, And as you said that um, Red Import Val was postponed, I'm going to do four games this week. So Ooh. we obviously get the make-up for the game we game week we lost last week. So we're going to do four games. Huge. So I've got two so I've got two in the championship. So the first one is um I've gone for like sort of like rivalries or like location derby. So I've gone mm. for Stoke but Stoke Birmingham first. Ooh. Okay, good one. Um I, I like Stoke at the minute. I'm gonna go for a three one win for Stoke. Mm. Uh, I think this is where I think uh, my bias towards Uncle Tony is uh, going to go. So I'm going to go for a big Tony Mowbray <clears throat> away win, 1-0, Birmingham win away. Ooh, okay. Immediate separation. I like yeah. that. I like that. And uh, so the second game we've got is uh, QPR versus, as I like to call them, Millwall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair. Uh, well, other than this weekend, Millwall have been doing, yeah, again, pretty well. So And QPR crap. So... Millwall two QPR nil. Uh, I'm gonna go for a massive four one away win for Millwall. I think. Wow. QPR are wow. trash at the moment, unfortunately. They are. They are, and uh, we'll be hoping for that as well because that is Millwall's debut on the Predictions League. Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully they uh they do the business for us. It'll be the only time ever I'll actually cheer for Millwall. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay, the League One game. So our third game is uh, one I think is quite tasty. I, I can't call it, but I will, obviously. But Cheltenham-Carlisle. Oh, what a great, what a great one. Um, at, is it at Cheltenham, sorry? It's at Cheltenham, yeah. Cheltenham. Okay, Cheltenham at home. They're going to win. They're going to win 2-0. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go 2-1. Yeah. And then... Formidable, formidable at the... Uh... At their stadium. I forgot what it's called. <laughs> I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> Which is the one that's like the like the Daz Stadium or like the Wham Stadium? Is that Morecambe, is it? I forget what it's called. Like it's one one that's called like Wham. Oh, you might oh Accrington Stanley. Yeah, that's uh, the Wham, Wham Stadium. Love that. Um, okay, last game is again a bit of a rivalry in a from the Welsh kind, Newport versus Wrexham. Oh, that's such a good one because I I know what I want to happen. Hmm. Do I want the points or do I not? No, <laughs> yeah. I don't. Newport two, Wrexham two. There you go. Three one, Wrexham away win for me. Yeah, probably a more sensible prediction that one. To be <laughs> fair, <laughs> immediate regret. I've probably just thrown all of those points I've made back. But <laughs> hey, we'll uh, we'll see. We'll yeah, live with it. We'll live with it. A big derby win for uh, 
for for Wrexham. So let's see. No, hopefully a big Newport draw. That's what we, everyone <laughs> likes a draw in the derbies. So yeah, yeah hopefully that uh, that 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 comes to fruition. Um, 100%. there you go. There you go. On to the on onwards to the Camp of the Island update. I'll close my spreadsheet. Love it. Well, I, I'm happy to say it's a very positive Camp of the Island update this yes. week. That's things we love to see. So on 13th Saturday, um, Camp of the Island played Kinstonian at the Movie Star Stadium. Kinstonian that have had a, a tough season. Certainly, they're languishing in the relegation zone. So, t- you know, Canvey Island should be looking to win this. And they made an excellent start. Sack gets a goal in the ninth minute. Starts off the game really, really nicely. Um, but then Kinstonian come back with a penalty. Desane, 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 D S A N E. Um, I can't really. If I'm butchering that name, sorry, Kinstonian player. Please reach out to us on X, and we will yep. by that. Gets a 25-minute pen. And then uh, Hubble gets a 45-minute pen. So two pens in the same half. Things you have to love to see. And it's a uh, 2-1 um, Canvey Island lead at half time. And, uh, you know, Brad's probably took him in, you know, give him a... And, and Sammy. And also shout out to... Uh, shout out to Sammy. I think it was his birthday on uh, on Saturday as well. So he's the assistant man. Sammy not. So belated happy birthday to Sammy. So they've got brought him in for yeah. Let's let's, uh, let's crack on, boys, and uh, let's let's try and grind out the win, or you know make sure that we uh, make ourselves hard to beat, or make it um, an absolute rout. And unfortunately, it wasn't the start they wanted. Casey for Kinsonian gets a 59th minute goal to make it two all, and uh, certainly squeaky bum time. But then on the 81st minute, Albon gets a a winner with nine minutes to go, and. Sends the movie Star Stadium into absolute raptures and a 3-2, um, on the whole, pretty much dominant home victory for Canvey. Gets them right back on track. Um, a big, big win and something certainly that they needed this season. And um, it looks like, you know, the table's pretty... You know, pretty congested in that middle part region, but they're 13th, 10 wins, two draws, 11 losses, 32 points. But they're only seven points away from the uh, from the playoff zone with the games in hand. So there's certainly a still a season to be had in this season. And if they can go on a bit of a run and like we've said in previous seasons or previous episodes, sorry, we want them to. It seems to be they have one or two wins and then maybe one or two losses need a consistent level of performance and consistent results train now moving forward and let's hope that's that's the case but you know a really positive 3-2 win give them a lot of confidence and uh three different scorers nice to get goals across the pitch as well um happy days if you're a Canvey Island fan and Joe you're certainly uh growing your love and affinity for the club at the moment aren't you I have. I uh, are you out with me now? Mel's gonna Mel's gonna listen to this. She'll be furious. But uh, yeah, I purchased a Canvey Island shirt the other day. Love that. I've I've become a boat watcher. Um, and it I tell you, lovely kit, lovely kit, like proper early two thousands stitched it. badge. You know, there's there's no there's no poor quality here. This is this is proper football. Um, I can't wait. I'm gonna wear it all evening tomorrow as we turn over Buckhurst Hill. In the yes. Essex Senior Cup, and 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 a really really important game actually because the winners of that face Colchester United mm. in the next round. So that's cool. Yeah, maybe that's a game we could probably try and target Joe potentially. There you go. Yeah, that'd oh, be a great game. I'll, I'll get signing my uh my my headshot so I can pass them out at the game. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, there's a little tip for you, Andy. It saves time. Otherwise, you know, you know, when the when the 
unwashed masses come yeah. mob handed and they're like, Oh, can you sign my baby's head? I'm like, No, I just slap a photo of me on it with like my pre site signature on it. And I'm like, there you go. Off your trot. Off your I trot. don't want to see that on eBay later. <laughs> and I will get at least twenty percent of the royalties from that as well. <laughs> yeah, I just go around claiming it. <laughs> yeah. Just have like eBay on eBay on like super search and just it's, uh <laughs> Keeps notifying you when someone's when a bit of Joseph men- memorabilia has been sold. <laughs> Things you love to see. Well, on that note, that is our Canby Island update, and that comes to the end of the pod for today. Joe, as always, really, really fun, mm. uh, fun discussion. Really good game week, and good to go back to a bit of normality. Um, next week, we actually do have back to the interview. Um, we have, uh, we won't say, but we have a different non-league manager joining the pod next week which we're very very excited for um yeah so we'll be doing that we'll also uh might be again might in in inverted commas but uh we've we've toyed with our maybe team of the half season for each mm. week. so me and joe will be on our pad and pens and looking at all the stats as we love to do um and formulating what we think is our teams of the season for championship league one league two um, but yes, interview next week. Very excited and uh, please um, tune in. Obviously, follow us on all of our social media platforms, X and Instagram at the FL Sesh Pod. And as Joe has alluded to, a hat trick of posts. Mm. Can you remind the listeners what it was again? I can. Um, the first one will be a yes, no as to whether Carlisle have undersaw heating and yeah. whether or not that was the reason why Harry Lewis uh, transferred there from Bradford. The second one is, is the Burton Albion period of managerlessness the uh, the longest period of time without a manager in the English Football League? And the third one is, what is the price of a Notts County home ticket specifically for their uh, for their game against Stockport at the weekend? big game as well that mm. to be fair um yeah and and uh obviously follow us and and, and uh, listen to us and all the major podcasting platforms spotify amazon music apple podcasts all that lovely stuff keep sharing we are honestly so agonizingly close to a thousand listeners uh we're very very close we're very excited to hit that milestone hopefully you know with our upcoming interview episodes we'll get there but you know we, we've really appreciated the loads of engagement we've had the last you know last few weeks it's been great and uh you know let's keep that going we love what we do and it's always a, a joy in the week for us to record so you know share it with your friends family and 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 whoever you think would uh li- like to listen to uh two efl wizards speaking about the league that were the leagues that we absolutely love so things you love to see okay we'll finish it there and have a lovely rest of your day afternoon evening whenever you listen to this podcast and we'll see you next week (laughs) tada